Hi everyone, welcome to a daily dose of orange juice. My name is Leslie Green and I am a bilateral below the knee amputee. This podcast exists to bring forth ideas for individuals who have gone through limb loss or have limb difference to consider, as well as for individuals who care about them and are either loved ones or caretakers to them. I try to alternate information between different levels of limb loss and limb difference and caretakers. This information should not be used to replace any directions you've been given by your doctor, prosthetic clinician, physical therapist, occupational therapist, or any other member of your healthcare team. This week's episode is going to be about what, how we handle setbacks in our lives and looking at developing tools to live a resilient life. When I was a teacher, there was an individual who I used to love to highlight when it came to overcoming obstacles, and that was Thomas Edison. And you may know a little bit about him, and there's a legend about his work that said that when he was trying to make the incandescent light bulb, that he went through 1,200 iterations of the light bulb before it worked. And his detractors would come to him and say, well, you failed 1,200 times. And apparently his response to them was, no, no, I just simply learned 1,200 ways not to make the incandescent light bulb. And it's interesting to know that this gentleman had more than 1,000 patents for for his work. And... I can't imagine him failing on a daily basis, but we know that it happened. So if we take a look at the struggle of failure throughout his life, we know that he didn't let it get the best of him. And that these failures apparently are reported to be in the tens of thousands. But it, it looks to me like it showed him how not to invent something other than to invent tools of resiliency in his life. And if we think about it, he gave us some of the most amazing inventions of the 20th century. I mean, can you even imagine where we'd be without the, the light bulb, the telegraph, or you know, the motion picture? I mean, those are things we use daily. And I think that if we look at him, his inspiring story allows us to look at our own lives and ask us if we have the tools that we need to overcome challenges in our life. And if you've gone through limb loss or live with limb difference or are a loved one of those people, you know that we certainly come up against opportunities that could derail us and steal our dreams. But if we stop and think instead of what we could accomplish, if we had the strength not to quit, not to give up. So today, I really want us to take a look at what it means to be resilient and to develop the tools of resiliency. And we talked about this in one of my communities this week, and I heard a few people voice the fact that they were frustrated that things weren't happening quickly and that they were discouraged by how much it took to accomplish even the smallest things. And 
I had to stop them and really redefine what it means to have tools of resiliency. And I, I used a rubber band, a hair band, in fact, to illustrate the fact that resiliency is something that develops over time, that it's a process. And we looked at how the headband stretched. And although it seemed like it was an immediate reaction, what we couldn't see going on were all the interconnected pieces that allowed that piece of elastic to stretch to a great length, but then return to its original shape. And it looked like it did it so quickly and with such great ease, but we just didn't see all of the interactive actions in that product that were allowing it to be so resilient. So I think today we're going to just take a look. Um, what is resiliency? Why is it important? And how do we develop the tools that we need? So if we think about it, that the most common reference for resiliency is that it's the ability to adapt and bounce back when things don't go the way we plan them to. And if we think about people who have the tools of resiliency versus those who don't or have not developed them well, the difference seems to be how long they spend looking at their failures. Do they dwell on them and get stuck there and become stagnant? Or do they acknowledge that it happened, learn, and go on? I want to talk about a psychologist who's done a lot of work in this area. Her name is Susan Kobasa, and she calls out three different pieces that are important to developing tools of resilience. The first one is challenge. And here's what she says about that. She says that people who have tools for resiliency look at challenges really differently. They are the people who are able to use their tools to look at an area that seems to be a failure or a mistake and they learn from it and they grow. What they don't do is see it as the summation of their ability or their worth. They don't take it on. It doesn't become their self-worth. She also talks about commitment, that individuals who have well-developed tools of resiliency have a purpose that gets them up every day. And it isn't just their job or their work. They have the same purpose in relationships they have or uh, things that they're passionate about, causes that mean a lot to them, or their beliefs, whether they're personal beliefs or, or religious beliefs, they're committed to them. And the last thing that she really unpacks is the idea of personal control. According to her work, she says that people who have developed tools of resiliency tend to spend their time focusing on things that they can have an impact in, that they can have some level of control over. And they put their energy there. And as a result, they come through those things feeling empowered. And that's what develops their self-confidence. People who don't have those same tools of resiliency tend to spend a lot of time and energy worrying about things they have no control over. This leads to a sense of being powerless or helpless and ultimately isolation. There's another psychologist to make note of in the area of developing resiliency tools, and that's Martin Siegelman. And he also has three um, important components. Now, 
he doesn't talk about tools of resiliency so much as he talks about being a pessimist or an optimist. But I'm going to kind of say that they mean the same thing for the purpose of this talk. And he talks about something called permanence. And what this is, is when you go through something really tough, if you're a person who is an optimist, what you might say is, okay, my friend didn't like, I don't know, my brownies, <laughs> okay? Rather than a person who's a pessimist who says, my friend never likes anything I make. Think about this as painting with a huge, wide brush. And he says people who then have tools of resiliency are able to just lock it into a moment, not a, a life sentence of this failure. Going hand in hand with that is his idea of pervasiveness. Again, here's that big wide brush. If you're a person in his mind who's an optimist or who has tools for living a resilient life, you don't let something that's difficult come into play with unrelated areas of your life. And here's that big brush, right? If you're not good at something, you, if you have tools of resiliency or are optimist, say, I'm not good at this, rather than I'm not good at anything, right? Think of it as a fine tipped brush versus a four inch wall brush, okay? You don't paint your whole life with that brush. And then he uses personalization. And in his work, people who have the tools of resiliency or who are optimisms, optimistic, don't blame themselves when things don't go right. Now that doesn't mean they don't own their piece of it, but they're able to see the bigger picture. They're able to say instead, okay, I wasn't able to do this successfully. They're able to say, I didn't have maybe the support or the collaboration or the correct tools to do this job correctly, rather than I messed it up because I'm just not able to do anything right. Again, he really focuses on not painting things with a big, big brush. Both psychologists incorporate the thoughts that individuals who have the tools for resiliency tend to have a much more positive image of their future. They can see a light at the end of the tunnel. They can see brighter days ahead. In several of my podcasts, I've talked about things that are called SMART goals. And SMART is an acronym for Specific, Measurable, Attainable, Reality-Based, Time-Specific Goals. And they don't have to be enormous goals. They can be small goals, like if you've gone through limb loss, you know, you sit up on the edge of the bed or you stand up with a walker or you learn. I mean, goals don't have to be monumental to be smart. So the other thing that they talked about is that people who have tools for resiliency tend to set solid smart goals and then achieve them and move on to continue that cycle of set the goal, achieve the goal. Um, kind of combining a couple of their other thoughts, people who have the tools for resiliency and use them in their life tend to be people who have healthy relationships, a good self of uh, good self-confidence. They don't bow to pressure. 
They've got good, healthy relationships and boundaries, and they tend to be people who are empathetic and compassionate. They focus on what they can change and what they have control over, and they're not victims of things that happen in their lives. So I think it's safe to say that how we view tough times and stressful times affects how we're going to succeed. And this is why it's so important to develop these resiliency tools. I mean, come on, we're human beings. It is natural. We are going to fail. It's inevitable. It's part of life to make mistakes. I can only think of the times that I've thought, oh my gosh, please don't let me fall flat on my face when I'm trying something new. But the only way I would have of not having that experience from time to time is to really isolate myself and never try anything new because I was afraid of taking a risk. And that would just really be a meager way to exist. And I don't want that life. And I don't think you do either. So we have to develop these tools of resiliency. And that's going to give us the courage to go after our dreams. Even when there's a real, real risk that we're going to fail in some way. Having the tools to live with resiliency means that when we do fail and we're going to fail, we're going to bounce back. We will develop the strength to learn what we need to learn from those moments so we can move on and do bigger, better things. In the next week, I'd like to really unpack ways that we build those tools of resiliency. Again, it's, it's not like a rubber band that just seemingly stretches and recoils instantaneously. There's a process going on. There are interactions going on. There are things that need to be created and developed. But when we have those tools in place, we're going to have the power to overcome things so we can go ahead and live the life that we dream and go after the things that we desire. There's a quote that I love that kind of sums this whole thing up. And it's not that the glass is half full or half empty, but that it can be refilled. And next week, we're really going to take a look at what are the ways we develop those tools and how do you refill that glass, right? So noodle on this for a while this week, and we'll come back to the conversation next week. Until then, have a good one.